and good morning. Good to see you all here. Glad to be here. Our thanks on behalf of Renee and I for your prayers and your encouragement in the latest part of our journey. Thank you very much. Uh, the side effects have really been minimal from the radiation. The only thing is I'm really, really tired. So if I yawn in the middle of my sermon, it might be the first time you've seen that. But uh, it gives you permission, I guess, to yawn as well. But uh, just really, really doing well and uh, thankful to God for that. Uh, in your lyric page, we're going to uh, continue our worship by reciting our verses of the month. And those are Psalm 103. And so you can uh, turn to that, and we're going to uh, say these verses together. So I invite you to join with me by standing either in your heart or physically before God as we say these words together from the book that we love. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with the good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. We as adults are going to remain standing and we're going to dismiss the children at this time for Discovery Kids. And they're going to be meeting in the back together. So the kids are dismissed for Discovery Kids, but they're not going away too far. And as they make their way there, I'll be reading our scripture passage for the morning, which is in 2 Peter chapter 1, from the book that we love. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For if you and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. God's very word. Thanks be to God, and you may be seated.
as you came this morning, Ted was trying really, really hard to make sure that everyone has one of these, a writing tablet, one of these, a three by five card, and a writing utensil of some kind. If you do not have one, you can make your way on over to the welcome table and pick them up. You need something to write on, and this is what you're going to write on, but you can't do it on your lap. You really need uh, a tablet of some kind. Now you're all wondering what you're supposed to do with this. So I'm going to do another experiment, see how you like it. You got to listen to my instructions, and then when I tell you go, you can go. Do not go before I say go, okay? Because some instructions are multi-stepped. On one side of the three by five card, you're going to write this portion of a verse. I can do all things through Christ. Write it nice, print, cursive, doesn't matter. Write it nice, as nice as you can on one side. You can fill up the whole side, but write it nice. I can do all things through Christ. Once you have that, turn it over. Turn your index card over to the blank side. On this side, whatever hand you wrote the first side with, you're going to write the second side in your other hand, okay? Did I say go? No. You're going to write the same verse, part of the verse, on the second side, I can do all things through Christ, with your opposite hand, okay? And you're going to do a blindfolded. You're going to close your eyes with your opposite hand and write the same verse. That's why you need your other hand. You need to kind of feel where that index card is on the paper so in case you do go off you're going to write not on your lap but on this thing here okay so you're to write on the other side the same part of the verse with your other hand with your eyes completely closed now go Eyes closed. Everyone done? Just like school, when you're done, you're supposed to look up at the teacher. Is that the thing to do? This is what mine looked like. Something like this. Yours probably looks about the same, or maybe a little bit different. So what's this exercise saying to you? Don't, don't write with your opposite hand. <laughs> Anything a little deeper than that? Would you agree with me 
that this is the type of life God wants us to live. One that reflects him and his goodness. And that God has given us everything possible to have a life like this. This is how God desires us to live. Some live like this. Their life is a mess. Their life looks like it's just scribble on a page. I suspect for most of us, we live somewhere between the two. Somewhere is a little bit more one side, and sometimes it's a little bit more one side. But uh, there are people who just go through life like this, whether that is they decide to do so, or whether they are just comfortable and they decide they don't want to change that, but they decide that their life would look something a little bit more like this, messy. And so when we show someone a life like this, they might say, hey, you know, that might be something I desire, something that has a little more purpose and meat to it. A willingness to yield one's spirit. I, I believe that this is what God desires us to live. And God has given us everything that is necessary. And yet at times our life looks like this, a scribbled, bunched up mess. The key is not your own willpower or how determined you are to get things straightened or correct. The key is your willingness to yield and surrender yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and to what God desires to do and to how God has given us everything necessary for that. The Christian tradition says that when we receive Jesus Christ into our life, we also receive the Holy Spirit. And this is an interesting passage because this is a passage which does not mention the Holy Spirit. But yet it speaks volumes about what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Living the Christian life is not a matter of willpower or self-effort on our end. It is our willingness to yield and to join with what God wants to do in us through the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about for a little while. Uh, I got my timer going, my stopwatch going, because uh, I can't preach as long as I usually do. I know that's a big disappointment to a lot of you. But uh, there might come a time where I say, you know, I think that's enough, and so I'm just going to kind of wrap it up. So if that happens, uh, I know that you will just uh, bear with me in that. But there are some things that I want to share, and what I'm not able to share, uh, I will finish up next Sunday, okay? So uh, this is kind of a two-part sermon, whatever I can get through in this Sunday, and then uh, finish up the rest uh, next Sunday. So there are some things that I want to share with you about spiritual growth and the work of the Spirit in our lives, and uh, talk about the difference that makes from scribble to clear. One of the first things I want to share with you is to uh, remind you that spiritual growth is realistic. It can happen. It's something that we can see a change in our lives and the lives of others. If I had a dollar for every time I heard the phrase, people don't change, I'd be rich. 
If I had a dollar for every time I said quietly to myself, they'll never change, I'd be rich. The assumption is that people just can't and don't change. But that's not what our verse says. Verses 3 and 4 contradict that completely. It says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own goodness and glory. Dr. Donald Carson, in talking about this verse and the work of the Holy Spirit, said this. He said, when you are conceived, the DNA of your parents and all of your ancestors is placed inside of you. And that DNA is going to define who you are for the most part. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, he is not just sort of a nebulous force out there. He is God in us. And what it says is that he takes the DNA of God and implants God's DNA in us. So just as you have human DNA, you have spiritual DNA. And that DNA of God is the hope we have that he offers to change and to transform us. And because of that, to say that we can change, that we can grow spiritually, inwardly, gives us a lot of hope. Because it doesn't matter how much you know or how much you don't know. It's the DNA of the Holy Spirit in us that makes the difference. The hopeful part for us, it doesn't matter how broken one's life is or how many bad habits someone has. We have everything we need given to us by the Holy Spirit to have a changed and transformed life. Spiritual growth is realistic. It can happen. Secondly, I think this passage talks about spiritual growth being progressive. We have everything we need given to us from the Holy Spirit to experience spiritual growth, and it happens over time for the most part. Sometimes we see immediate change. For the most part, we see growth and transformation over time. And this really takes the pressure off us because we don't uh, need to be perfect or we don't have to start out perfect. It happens over time. Verse 8 says, if you possess these qualities, you will possess them in increasing measure. In increasing measure. That talks about being progressive. doesn't say that the qualities of God happen all at once. They happen in increasing measure. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. All the biblical metaphors of the Christian life speak about life growth as gradual. And this does not work in our impatient world where we want to see immediate results. Out in the workplace, if your product is three seconds slower than your competitors, you're going to lose out. Because that's the way our world is. A couple years ago for my birthday, Renee got me one of these uh, digital thermometers. You know, you stick it in, and it uh, 
Tells you the temperature like in three seconds. It costs $15. You can buy the same one that tells you the temperature in one second, and it costs you $50. Exact same thing. I really wonder which one sells the most. I have a hunch, but I don't know for sure. So when we read about God gives to us the promise of the Holy Spirit to change our life as we ought to, we don't fully grasp that through our lens of being Americans because he does it progressively. Peter goes on to talk about this uh, really in his first book, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 2. It says, when you become a Christian, you become a fully adult Christian, right? No. It says you become a baby Christian. But all you need, all you need has been given to you. It says this, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow in your salvation. John Piper had an interesting take on this. He said, you know, no matter how much milk you want to cram down a baby, they're not going to grow any taller, any faster. If you have a five-year-old and you start cramming all that milk down them, they're not going to grow to be six foot tall by the time they're six years old. We don't control this. We control this, but not that. It happens over time just like an acorn from a tree. An acorn in a tree could do very little damage when it first falls. But you know, in our neighborhood, our sidewalks are starting to get damaged. And you know why? There are roots underneath that are popping up under the sidewalk. And the roots of those trees will not be stopped by anything. It will crack them. It'll move them. So when Jesus says, all you need is the faith the size of a mustard seed, isn't he sort of talking a little bit at least about the same, that it's a progressive thing in our growth? So if we don't see change in someone's life over a period of time, if year after year after year, uh, they're still the exact same person, inwardly, spiritually, uh, there's something that's not clicking in terms of their relationship with God. It's something that's progressive. It also says that uh, spiritual growth is necessary, is an important part of us walking as Christians. If we read verses 10 and 11 too quickly, we might get a wrong impression. Let me just read the first part of it. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Now, if we just read that really quickly, we might come to the conclusion, for God to really accept me in coming into his heaven, I've got to show myself worthy enough. I've got to confirm it. I've got to work it. I've got to show God that I'm worthy to be able to come into his heaven. But that's not what it's saying at all. If you look at those words, calling and election, they talk about people who have received grace. They have received grace. In fact, we should probably put it this way. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, for those of you who have received grace, which is any Christian, confirm your calling. 
show the character changes of God's DNA in you. And our ancestors, the reformers, stressed this time after time after time. We are pardoned. We are given the forgiveness of our sins. We are accepted by God, not by anything that we have done, but only by what he has done for us on the cross. And we are just recipients of that grace. But the result will be a changed life. Max Lucado says, I think he was the first one who said, God loves you so much he accepts you as you are, and God loves you so much he's not going to keep you that way. There's got to be something that goes on inside that shows change and transformation. That's the confirming. If we truly believe that we have been saved by the costly grace of Jesus, who gave his life for us, there will be a desire to seek change in our spirits. And that's the balance, isn't it? That's the balance of the Christian life. We are saved by grace through faith. That's what makes us called and chosen, uh, elected. It's because we have been the recipients of grace. And yet there's something that we need to do to join with the Holy Spirit to show that that's, that change is taking hold and we are growing inwardly and spiritually. It's necessary to show spiritual growth. And the last thing that I'm going to share this morning is uh, a partial part of number four on your outline, if you're following on your outline, is that uh, spiritual growth is achievable. It's, it's possible. Uh, it's there for us to join with God and be connected with him. It says in verses 5 through 7, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. I wanted to share three things with you. Uh, three disciplines to engage in uh, of how it is that we uh, add to and increase our faith. But I'm just going to share one with you this morning, and I'll share the other two next Sunday. So uh, I think I wrote that down on your outline because I knew I wouldn't get any farther than the first one there. Uh, what are some of the disciplines that we can do to help us to grow in our faith? What are those things? Uh, I wanted to share three things that show that spiritual growth is achievable, disciplines that we can do, how we join with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to share one with you, and that is that we need to yield our will to the Holy Spirit, especially in times of suffering. Yield our will to the Spirit, especially in times of suffering. Maybe you've heard of that biblical word, perseverance. Perseverance means when you suffer, you stay put. You hold the course. You bear up. You stand your ground. You become even more of the person God wants you to be. And when we do that, when we hold firm, when we stand ground, when we drive the stake in and say we will not be moved even though we have this incredible suffering going on in our lives, God will do a great thing. 
before his suffering, Job was a praying person. It says that in the opening two chapters. He was a praying person. He prayed to God. And then chapter after chapter after chapter of Job's suffering, he screams and yells and complains and questions God. About 35 chapters, he's yelling and screaming and complaining to God. And at the very end, God calls him faithful. How could that be? I mean, if, if your child spent 35 chapters yelling and screaming and complaining and questioning you, would you end up that time by saying, you're faithful? What's going on here that God calls him faithful? It's this. Before the suffering, Job was a praying person. During the suffering, he was a praying person. He did not turn his back or his face away from God. His screaming was with God. His complaints were directed towards God. He was yelling and talking in the presence of God. These are his prayers. His prayers directed to God. Now, if he would have turned his back or turned his face and said, I want nothing to do with you, God, then I don't think God would have called him faithful. But he continued to be engaged with God in the midst of his suffering. And in the process, God changed him and transformed him. To quote a line from the Princess Bride, when Wesley speaks to her highness, he says, life is pain, highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. He's right. Anyone who says differently is selling something. Thanks be to God, he is not a seller. He is a giver. He is unique. He is wholly other. He is, as we learned last Sunday, holy. He is a completely different being in every aspect. And in this, he is not a seller. He is a giver. And when someone comes to God, God does not promise in any way a bed of roses. He promises to be with us in the midst of the thorns of life. And I would rather have God with me in the thorns of life than being away from God on a bed of roses. Before your time of suffering, and we've all suffered, we all have those times, what were the spiritual activities that you were engaged in that were helping you to grow? What were the things that you were doing that was strengthening your heart and soul? When suffering comes, keep them up. Keep them up. And we will be amazed. You see, when suffering comes and pain comes, we tend to become a self-focused pity party. And in that pity party, we start to leave the things 
of God aside, and we start to do other things that are more fatal. But if you're suffering and you're in pain, persevere. Keep doing the things that you know you need to do. It's hard to believe it's been eight weeks since I've been up here. And for most of those Sundays, I think we were here. There were a couple of Sundays we were really, really tired. At least I was. I thought it was probably best that I stay home. But I knew that spending eight weeks at Bedside Baptist or Poolside Presbyterian was not going to help my spiritual soul. That we needed the fellowship of the church. And that's why we came. Because we knew this was an important spiritual practice in good times and in bad times. Persevere. Keep them up. Remember, some of you who are ancient like me, that TV commercial where they had two eggs and two pans, and one pan was cold and one pan was hot, sizzling. And he cracked an egg on the cold pan and broke the egg and said, this is your brain. Took the second egg, cracked it on the sizzling pot, put it in, in, uh, in that pan, and he said, what did he say? This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? This is your life with the Spirit. This is your life outside of the Spirit. Any questions? Let's pray. Father God, how we bless you and we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for sending your son to suffer hell on a cross for us that we might not only find the forgiveness of our sins but the power to live a life that brings glory to you and love to our neighbors. We pray, Father God, that you will continue to do your work in us. We pray that you will be with our hearts and our souls, that we might be open to you, that we would yield to you, that we would surrender to you to allow you to do your work and that we could join with that work. so that our lives become a fragrant offering, pleasing to you. Father, we pray for uh, our family here at Discovery Church. We pray for the uh, Barnaby family and for Gail and her family in the passing away of Gil a week and a half ago. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to surround their families with your comfort and your care in the midst of their sadness and their loss, that you will uphold them, that they can experience your presence. We give you thanks that the heart catheter that Dan DeVries had uh, this week showed that there was no blockage, but still wondering what it was that is that was impacting his heart. We pray, Father God, that you will surround Dan and Rosemary, with your care, with your goodness, and that you would be with uh, either with the team of medical experts to help 
figure and determine this or that just by the power of your hand you'd bring the healing and the health that he needs. We pray for families that are hurting and struggling in so many ways. We pray, Lord, that you would bring uh, restoration and peace, and we pray that you will help us to persevere in the midst of it. Father, we join with Nikki in praying with her and for her and their family as they face difficult days. We pray, Lord, that you would bring restoration, healing, and care and comfort to them. We pray, Lord, that you will be with Ken and his family and friends, that you will provide for their needs. We bless you for Ken. We pray you'll be with Pam, that you would uh, keep her uh, strong in spirit and that you would provide the way for her to have her medical needs met quickly in a timely way. We pray that you will be with Joe, with David as well. We pray for uh, Sid's father and his new journey as he's been found to have cancer. We pray, Lord, that you would bring the healing that he needs and that you will surround their family, Lord, with your grace and your comfort uh, and the surety of your presence with them in this, in this time. We pray for the needs of our church. We pray for, the, for a continued search for a worship director, that you will provide someone to help to lead us. And we thank you for the volunteers who are up here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to strengthen them, uh, continue to help any weariness to get stronger. We thank you that you give us the opportunity in just a very uh, genuine and real way to express our worship to you. We pray for our neighbors on uh, Joel Brook. We pray, Lord, that you will provide for their needs in a special way this week and that they would know that these uh, answers to prayer are coming from you. We bless you for uh, Sue being back home and for giving her a safe trip with everyone. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless her time uh, with family. We thank you for your safety and for your uh, provisions for them. We pray for our missionary partner, Bridge Street Ministries. We thank you for the willingness of these young people who are not so young anymore, but from some of our perspectives, they are uh, willing to give of their heart and their devotion to the people downtown to minister to change, to rely on the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that you will provide for them in times where they're feeling uh, uh, frustrated or down or weak. We thank you for them and their willingness to shine your light uh, with the adults and with the young people there in downtown Bridge Street. We thank you for your ongoing love for us, and we pray, Lord, that you will continue to uh, provide a willingness on our part to be open to you to allow you to do your change and for us to uh, surrender ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone agreed and said, Amen.